So here we go. All eyes on me 20 years later. Wow. First and foremost, man, it's hard to believe that this album came out 20 years ago. Um, what was going on back then? I think it's important to understand like where hip hop was. Um, at that particular time, the West still had they had hip hop in a chokehold, and and I you we could say the West, but come on, it was really Death Row. <laughs> I mean, Death Row had Snoop, they had Dre, and you know they had just acquired Tupac like a free agent. You know, uh, Tupac had just recently got out of jail. Suge Knight bailed him out of jail. I think he paid like one point two million dollars to get him out of jail, and you know, Tupac had made a pact and, and a pledge to Suge that he was going to basically, quote unquote, work off the debt. And he jumped in the studio, man. And one of the first things that he crafted was this album. Uh, this album is a double CD. Um, <laughs> for some of you young people who don't know what a double CD is, look it up. Uh, it's a double CD. So the album actually uh, went diamond, 10 million copies sold. Um, incredible album a west coast staple it was the soundtrack for uh the signature death row sound and um incredible album man incredible album tupac now some would say that i, I think most diehard tupac fans will say that this probably was his best work it's hard to disagree my personal this it's not my personal favorite tupac album even though i love this album uh, but it is, uh, because me against the world is, I, I give me against the world the slightest of edges. Um, but I love this album, love this album. Um, but again, it was a double CD. Tupac was coming in off the heels of leaving jail. Uh, people really didn't know, you know, what to expect. They knew that Pac, you know, he had, he, when Pac got out of jail, man, he was full of piss and vinegar, man. He, <laughs> he was mad. You know, he was mad. And, and then, of course, you know, you had the old East Coast, West Coast thing, um, which I think was made up BS. But that's another story for another day. Um, nonetheless, man, I mean, Pac, this game, this album does not sound anything like, you know, me against the world. But I think he had a very sharp, visionary feel to this one. And then it was it was kind of futuristic. But it also if you look at like some of the samples that he used, uh, on the production side, and we'll talk about the production in just a second. Uh, from a production standpoint, they they sampled a lot of old stuff, sampled a lot of hip hop stuff, to, to be honest. Um, but incredible album, man. I mean, Tupac, like I said, it the album went uh, diamond, um, critically acclaimed. I mean, from Rolling Stone to the Source, the Source gave him five mics. Uh, and we'll talk about that in just a second, but, uh, incredible album, incredible album from front to back. Um, so at the time in 1996, 20 years ago, nope, first and foremost, very few artists could even pull off making a double CD because when you make a double CD, you damn sure had better bring it. Uh, and that's what Tupac did. He got in the studio and they crafted something. I think that was special. Uh, you know, unfortunately, Tupac, you know, is no longer with us. So he never got a chance to really fully, fully see how this album was accepted, not just in this country, but worldwide. Uh, a, a, a Tupac classic, very, very much beloved, just like he was as an artist. But um, 
1996, like I said, nobody was doing this kind of stuff. Nobody was doing this kind, making this kind of music. So the sound that they used, the instrumentation, I mean, with, with you know, even something simple as, you know, with Nate Dogg and the hooks and stuff like that. So uh, it, it was it was different, man. It was different. And it was vintage, vintage Tupac. Um, yeah. Again, I think this album, with it being a double CD, uh, it started a trend. And, and I'll be the first to admit, not everybody can pull off a double CD. Not everybody can pull off a double CD because it's hard when you when you go and try to dig as far as your your content is concerned. Uh, you know, I, most people, are, most fans are used to listening to a I don't know 12, 13 track album, and uh, you know, Pop, he, he kind of did a little bit of everything. I mean, he had his he really kind of had a format on this one. He had your your your, your he had a couple of club bangers with the California Love. He had to. You know, he had the the homies type stuff, you know, those, those kind of songs um, like Life Goes On. Uh, and then he had some smoothed out stuff. Uh, he had stuff with, you know, real melodic with singing on the hooks. Uh, what was that? Thug Passion um, with Jewel on the hook and um, a wide range of. Pro- I think one of the things that stood out to me on this album was the production. Um, he used everybody from Daz to... Uh, Dre to um, Devonte Swing from Jodeci, which is <laughs> crazy in and of itself. Um, I mean Johnny J. Uh, he, he had, like I said, just different producers, man. Bobcat. Um, so and it, it, it created a whole new different sound. Um, this was a vintage West Coast album. It was G Funk. It was West Coast. It was. It, it was a little bit of everything, but it's still, if you kind of, like I said, if you look at the samples and some of the things that was, some of the songs that were sampled in this, and then some of the features, you'd really be surprised considering the fact that, you know, a lot of people know at this particular time, Tupac was really riding for the West. So he was riding for the West, but, you know, on a song like I Got My Mind Made Up, hey, you got Method Man on that joint. You got, you know, uh, Red Man on the joint. So, you know, it wasn't like he was, you know, necessarily just bashing the East Coast. You know, he, he you know, he. I guess he rocked with cast to rock with him. Um, one of the things that actually stood out to me, even looking back on it and listening to it here recently was, like, I think back then, I thought that Dre did a lot more on the album than he actually did. Truth be told, Dr. Dre only did two songs on this album. Uh, you Can't See Me, uh, which features uh, George Clinton. And then, of course, California Love. Um, so, you know, Dre is the front man and the production guy on, um, you know, on Death Row at the time. But, you know, a lot of production on this album went to Daz. And, of course, you know, of course, Corrupt appears on the album. Um Snoop, of course, Snoop's on a couple of tracks. Uh, so, you know, it, it had a different feel to it. Obviously, like I said, it, there were some songs that were a little bit more melodic, like um, How Do You Want It with Casey and JoJo. Uh, you know, very, very hook driven. Um, and the and the, uh, the smash, I Ain't Mad At You with Danny Boy on the hook, which was another one that was very, very melodic, very you know, at that time, nobody was really, really doing songs on this level with that kind of melody type stuff uh, in, in the background. So, 
you know, you got to give Pop his credit for having the vision to kind of take it there musically. Um, if you there's there's no one particular format that he sticks to throughout this whole album, but the album is consistently good all the way through, which is what you can't say about a lot of albums, particularly double CD albums. Um, so yeah, I, I give I give Tupac all the props for that. Um, and, and even looking back at it, 20 years later, it's 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 2016 now. And to know that this album dropped. And I remember, I remember the day that it came out. It was, again, a time where everybody had that, because it was very, very highly anticipated. Now, I'm, I'm going to just take you back to 1996. At, the, at this particular time, I was still in college, right? So I'm not, uh, you know, there's, there's no internet. <laughs> there's no... You know, there's no place to go illegally download the album. I mean, you had word of mouth that the album was coming out. So, you know, I did like everybody else around my way. Went to the record store. Went to the record store and copied a double CD. And, um, you know, sat right there. I remember sitting in the parking lot, tearing off the packaging, looking at the liner notes, playing it. And, um, again, it was a double CD, so you had to make sure that, that you know, you got both CDs were in there and everything like that, and, um, and, and I think, at least for me, I can't speak for everybody else, but I think with, for me, with double CDs, I would, one CD would be more likable than the other, um, while I, again, I think this is an incredible album, I was a bigger fan of CD1 than I was CD2, um, and I'll read the track listing in just a second, but um, but yeah, it, it was it was. It, I remember it like it was yesterday, man. It was an incredible uh, album, and to have a double CD come out at that particular time in 1996, and, and be it from Tupac, a guy who at that particular time Tupac was telling people like, "I'm on death row now. I'm gonna bring some heat." Uh, you know, obviously the album wasn't without controversy because <laughs> if you got Tupac, you're definitely going to have some controversy. So um, there's a lot of different things that I could talk about on this album and I will. Um, I'll get into it about, you know, some of my favorite songs. Uh, one of my favorite songs is the intro, Ambitions of a Rider. I mean, that song, Tupac, one of the things that I love about listening to this album is that Pac just rides the beat. And it's kind of hard. If you're not really a music fan or a hip-hop fan, you may not understand exactly what I'm talking about. But his vocal cadence rides along with the beats perfectly. Perfectly on this song. And I think this was a great song to start the album off with. Um, the next song, All About You, you know, they're talking, you got Nate Dogg on the hook. They're talking about, you know, freaks or whatever in the videos and stuff like that. Now, I will admit this album is, you know, it has its songs that are very misogynistic. Uh, it has its songs that are very playeristic, you know, but that, but that was Tupac, you know, I mean, like, so if you're a fan of Tupac's, you know that you're going to get the uplifting songs. And then on the next song, he might be calling a woman a bitch. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, <laughs> that's, that's who Tupac was, man. Love him or hate him. And you know what? The, the, the great thing that I love about Tupac is that there was really no in between. Like you, you can't ask, you can ask anybody like what they think of Pac. And you'll never hear anybody say, uh, eh, he's okay. 
you know, you either liked him or you, especially at that particular time, you either liked him or you didn't. And there was really no in between. I mean, he was just, he was who he was, but I love the fact that he stayed true to who he was, particularly on this album. Uh, so the album just keeps going. Scandalous. Got my mind made up, as I mentioned earlier, was the next track after that. How do you want it with Casey and Jojo? Uh, then two of America's most wanted with him and Snoop. Um, another banger. Another banger. They dropped a video for that. A real, real cool player, playeristic type video. Um, no more pain by, uh, like I said, was produced by uh, Devonte Swing. Hearts of Men had a little print sample from uh, Purple Rain. I like that. Um, Life goes on, you know, one of those homie tracks. <laughs> Only God can judge me. And then it went on to uh, Trading War Stories, California Love, I Ain't Mad At You, and then What's Your Phone Number, which featured a sample from uh, The Time. Um, love that joint. Love that joint. And then you flip it over. If you got, if you had a tape deck, you flip the tape over, whatever like that. But uh, in this case, we're talking CDs. So then you see the next song, the first song on the, on the second disc, was uh, Can't See Me, followed by Shorty Wanna Be a Thug, Holla At Me, uh, Wonder Why They Call You Bitch, uh, <laughs> which the title might kind of throw you, but he's he's actually kind of, you know, putting it out there as to, you know, kind of uplifting the sister, asking her why she does some of the things that she does. Now, that song came with some controversy because when the song dropped, the word on the street was that there's a woman singing on the hook, right? Word on the street was that that was Faith Evans at the time. Uh, I don't think that we ever could confront it. it looking, listening to it now, it doesn't sound like Faith, but that was the word on the street was that it was Faith. And at this particular time, something may or may not have happened between Faith and Tupac. I personally, I don't think anything ever happened between Faith and Tupac, but I cannot clearly say that nothing did or didn't happen uh nonetheless you know about to hit him up and i ain't gonna get him all that anyway <laughs> um so that was that song and then uh when we ride that featured the outlaw immortals uh thug passion as i mentioned earlier follow that up uh, with jewel on the hook picture me rolling another uh, west coast banger uh check out time rather be your no and <laughs> and uh all eyes on me uh, then Run the Streets, Ain't Hard to Find, and the uh, last CD closes with Heaven Ain't Hard to Find uh, with Danny Boy on the hook. So a lot of tracks, man. My my favorite track is, one, well, at least one of my favorite tracks is, you know, the, the crown jewel, uh, California Love. I mean, California Love was a banger. You know it, and I know it. <laughs> Hands down, one of my favorite songs on the album, The Smash, California Love. You got Tupac, you got Dr. Dre, the late, great Roger Troutman. I mean, what could be better? The video had the Mad Max theme. I mean, it, it, that song is a, is a classic, man. I mean, it's a West Coast classic. I don't need to tell you anything about the song. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You know that song still rides to this day.
track hits your eardrum like a slug to your chest. Like a vest for your Jimmy in the city of sex. We in that sunshine state for the bomb ass him be. The state where you never find a dance floor empty. Now, some of my other favorite tracks on the album, uh, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, got my mind made up. Uh, Daz was on that joint. Uh, corrupt, meth, and uh, red man. Um, love that joint, man. The, the the little beat was simple, but it was it was cool. Just real laid back. It just it kind of reminds me just riding in the car with the windows down, summertime, and you just you know you banging some music and it's just like real cool out track. Um, no more pain uh, with the uh, kind of used the the hook from Method Man. Um, What's really, really dope, I think, about this is that I don't know what the hell Devontae, <laughs> Devontae Swing did to make this track. It's kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of simplistic, but, I mean, Pac gets on it, man, and he just rides on the track, man. He And that, and he does, as I mentioned earlier, he, he rides on these tracks, man, all the way through. Um, obviously, like I said, California Love, Only God Can Judge Me. I ain't mad at you. Uh is a classic, uh, not a classic as in, you know, you know, I know you got sold or anything like that, but, um, it, it, I think that song just, it resonates with people and it, it talks about how, you know, Pac is growing up and how he's maturing and, and doing different things or whatever like that. Uh, you know, that's, that's the opening verse talking about his friend, you know, who, you know, has grown up and he wants to do different things. Um, everybody loves that. Uh, <laughs> If you're a, if you are a Tupac fan, you love that song. Um, now, if I had to pick one or two of my least favorite songs, uh, surprisingly, and I know this is gonna surprise a lot of people, very unpopular opinion, probably my least favorite song on the album. How do you want it? With Jodeci, I mean Casey and JoJo. <sighs> Not a fan of that song, man. And I don't know. Looking back on it now. I wonder if maybe I heard the song too much or something like that. Um, but um, not a fan of the song. Not a fan of the song at all. Um, when it comes on, I, you know, to be honest, I really got to be in the mood to listen to it. Because <laughs> if I'm not in the mood to listen to it, I'm just going to I'm gonna skip it. It's That's a skip for me. Um trying to think what other song there, there are no other songs in this album where i say okay like i just don't want to hear it but like how do you want it and yeah. and then and then i guess the fact that the song blew up and it was not only on hip-hop stations but r&b stations and you know it had a lot of crossover appeal um and pop you know they they dropped a video for it and actually they dropped two video <laughs> two videos for it, one regular video and an uncut video um Shout out to BT and Cut. Um, so, so uh, yeah, I'm not not really not really feeling that song. That's probably my least favorite song on both albums. Um, but other than that, man, it's it's it, this is a now when you combine uh, disc one and disc two, it's a two hour joint. So you're listening to this album for two hours. So you really, 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 really got to be into it. Um, but other than that, that's the only song I, I could say that I honestly like just skip every time. And again, I know that's not a popular opinion, but hey, it's mine. Um, <laughs> uh, now I mentioned earlier that 
it got five mics in the source. If I had to rate it myself, I would probably give this album four and a half mics. Or four and seven point four four and point seven five mic. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the ticket. Uh <laughs> 4.75. So not a full five mics, but 4.75, four and three quarters. And I'm gonna tell you why. This is, in my opinion, this is the best double CD to ever come out by any hip hop artist. Period. That being said. It's very hard to put together a double CD because what ends up happening is there's always some filler tracks. Now, I could probably name three or four tracks on this album, on both albums uh, combined, that probably shouldn't have, should have been left off the album in its totality. And then if you take those off, you pretty much have it condensed to a long, you know, one, one disc album. Um, and I'm pretty sure that if I ask you, you would probably say, oh yeah, well, you know, they probably could take this. Like, okay, I'll give you a song. I'll give you an example. Like run the streets, um, with Michelle, a Napoleon and storm, um, Johnny J producer track decent. Does it make the, I guess the thing that I always ask myself and I ask people, um, would this make just a regular album? Would it make the cut? I don't think that song makes the cut on a Tupac regular album. Just one, one disc album. I don't think that song makes the cut. So for the sake of having a double CD, yeah, it makes the cut. But I think it's a filler track. Nay, hey, sue me. <laughs> so I think, you know, he's got, I think Pac probably, and, and I think, and it maybe, it's, maybe, maybe it's a little bit of bias, but I think because I like disc one better than I like disc two, I found more filler tracks on disc two than I did disc one. Um, but again, I think just because it's a uh, double CD, this, in my opinion, this is the best double CD to best double CD from, from hip hop ever. I would give it 4.75 mics um, because again, I think there's just a couple of filler tracks um, that probably would not have normally made the album. Um, but that being said, I, there's no other double CD that I would rank higher. Like, Ready for Die, Red, not Ready to Die, um, Life After Death, and I don't want to get into a <laughs> conversation between Tupac and Biggie. I can save that for another day. But Ready, uh, excuse me, Life After Death, same thing. It's a double CD, but there are a couple of tracks on there, you know, particularly on disc two, where Biggie could have left them off if he just made one disc and then it's a five mic album. Instead, it's four and a half. Um, so, in my opinion, again, you know, for what it's worth, and, and and I would ask you or anyone, anyone, one of you who are listening, listen to this album, listen to the double CD and tell me if you find any filler tracks. Uh, or any tracks that you would deem filler, like you're like, eh, it's okay, you know. And my, here's the thing that you have to be careful with with filler tracks, is that this is a, as I mentioned earlier, it's a two hour album. So you know, unless you're riding somewhere or you're you know stationary or something like that for two hours, you know, you really don't need filler tracks. You're like, okay, I mean, you you never want to be listening to an album and 
think to yourself, damn, is this almost over? <laughs> you know, so I, and I think filler tracks do that to an album. They absolutely can kill a double CD. Um, but uh, I, I still think this is the best double CD to ever come out from a hip hop artist. It's been 20 years. That is, that is mind boggling in and of itself that this album came out 20 years ago. Uh, now, I want to talk about the significance of this album. I think that this is one of the best albums to come out in 1996. Uh, obviously, I think it's one of the best West Coast albums to ever come out. I think this was, you know, Tupac's, um, this was his fadeaway jumper, man. This was and again, I mentioned earlier, like I wish he had been around to see how beloved this album was, because at this particular time, and I can't really speak for people now, but when this album dropped, like everybody had this album again for me, I was in college at the time. And when I tell you everybody on my campus at South Carolina State University had this album, like you couldn't go anywhere without hearing a song. These songs were on the radio. And, and again, very radio friendly tracks. I mean, from California Love to America's to America's Most Wanted. Um, you know, uh, what was the other one that made it? How Do You Want It? Uh, All About You made it to the radio as well. Uh, and that I don't even think that was even released as a single. Uh, oh, actually, it actually was released as a single. A Life Goes On made it to the to the radio. Um, I, of course, I Ain't Mad At You was was released as a single and made it to the radio. So. I mean, he he really, really accomplished a lot with this album. Um, and again, I mean, he, he used a lot of different people uh, as far as, you know, from. And, and that's the thing, like there was no. There was a different sound, but it was a very unique sound. I mean, because and, and that showed, I think, the, the depth of Tupac, because he could be rhyming with Method Man and Red Man on one track. Next track, it could be rapping Fote, you know. Or uh, or the Outlaws, or who else was on the album? Richie Rich, or E40. You know, so it was, you know, Pac could he could get on the track with anybody, man. And I, and I again, I think this album really not that Tupac's legacy needed to be solidified, but I think this album really solidified where he was and where he was going to be remembered in in the game. Um, unfortunately. Uh, through no fault of his own, Tupac, you know, never lived to see this album really, really blossom the way that it did. Again, it was released in um, February, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, he died in September of that year, 1996. Uh, so, you know, it's it's tough, man, and it's it's tough because I understand that there is a segment of people who, you know didn't particularly care for Tupac at the time because of the East Coast, West Coast beef or whatever. But if you put that aside, I don't think you can front on this album. I mean, like, I would be more than happy to entertain any discussion about where this album ranks. Um, I think it's definitely one of the best West Coast uh, hip-hop albums to ever drop. I think it's one of the best hip-hop albums to ever drop. I think it's now, I wouldn't put this album up with like paid in full or anything like that, but this is a great album. And especially in 1996, this was one of the best albums to drop in 1996. Uh, so the significance of it is, is, is incredible. And I think 
it helps solidify Tupac's legacy, not just as a businessman, but as an MC. Um, it helps solidify his position at death row uh, because he was, you know, Snoop had his thing going, Dre had his thing going, and then they bring in, like I said, Tupac was a free agent. And he was determined to be a, a rider for uh, for the label. Um, you know, it's interesting when I look at some of the players and some of the people that were used on this album, and then you kind of look at where they are now. Obviously, Tupac's no longer here. Uh, Corrupt and Daz, I guess they're still making music. I hadn't heard anything from them in a while, but I'm pretty sure they're still making music. Uh, Dre, he's a billionaire. <laughs> Uh, Devontae Swing, I don't know where the hell Devontae Swing is. Uh, last time I saw Devontae Swing, he looked pretty high. Um, and then there's Suge Knight. I mean, what can I say about Suge? I ain't gonna say a damn thing about Suge. <laughs> but nonetheless, man, uh, just wanted to take some time, man, and, and, and rap with you guys and just let you know about a... A, a, a album that dropped 20 and I'm pretty sure most of you are listening to this podcast saying like I can't believe this album dropped 20 years ago so that's what we're going to do on this 12 Kyle podcast man we're going to talk about the classics uh, we're going to talk about 1996 this album again a staple for the year of 1996 all eyes on me Tupac Shakur 20 years later that's going to do it for me I'll holler at you guys next time peace